preacher said, I'll just pray right now. He cuffed his hands over his ears and commenced to pray. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And after he'd finished praying, he removed his hands and said, how's your hearing now? And the guy said, I don't know. It's not till next Thursday. But... <laughs> You think about it and it'll come. <laughs> John eleven thirty five. Two words. Jesus wept. The Lord gave us two wonderful, beautiful children. And then he gave us Hannah. Hannah's our baby, and uh, there's always something special about babies. But when Hannah was born, I was in evangelism full time. We traveled on the road every week. We were always in church just about every night of the week. My family would sing, I would preach. And I can remember as a little girl, we'd be going to church, and Hannah would ask, Daddy, what are you going to preach on? And I would say, the platform. And she would say, no, Daddy, what are you going to talk about? And I would say, God. And she would say, Daddy, what are you going to say about him? And I said, I don't know. And then she would say, how long do you think it's going to take you? And Hannah used to say, Daddy, I know what you ought to preach on. It would make a wonderful sermon. You ought to preach on Jesus wept. Hannah thought that because the verse was short, that maybe the sermon would be short. I mean, how much can you say about Jesus wept? This morning, that's what I want to talk to you about. Jesus wept. As you study the Bible, you'll find there were at least three places where Jesus wept. He could have wept more times than three, but we know that there were at least three times when Jesus wept. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus wept at the gate as he entered into the city of Jerusalem. They were going before him, casting palm branches, crying, Hosanna, blessed be the king which cometh in the name of the Lord. The Bible says that as Jesus beheld the city of Jerusalem, he lamented over Jerusalem and he wept. Tears streamed down the cheeks of our Savior as he lamented over Jerusalem. Not only did he weep at the gate, but Jesus wept in the garden. In Hebrews chapter 
5 and verse 7. The Bible says, when he had offered up prayers with tears and strong crying. Most Bible teachers and scholars believe this is making reference to the garden experience. And as Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane, he prayed with tears and strong crying. The word strong means loud. It means boisterous. You could have heard Jesus as he wept in the garden of Gethsemane. Now we come to John chapter 11. And once again, Jesus weeps. But this time, he's weeping at the grave of Lazarus. Jesus wept. As I pondered over these two words, the question that I asked myself was, why did he weep? I know that everything Jesus did was with purpose. There were no accidents in his life. There were no coincidences in his life. He said, I do always those things which please the Father. Everything he did was with purpose. Every step he took was with purpose. Every step he did not take was with purpose. Every word he spoke was with purpose. And when he was silent, it was with purpose. Everywhere he went, it was with purpose. And when he did not show up, it was with purpose. I do always those things which please the Father, Jesus said. When walking on the water, please the Father, he walked on the water. When feeding the multitudes, please the Father, he fed the multitudes. When healing the sick or raising the dead, please the Father, he healed the sick and raised the dead. And when weeping, please the Father, the Bible says, Jesus wept. Why did he weep? Let me offer three suggestions. First of all, I believe his weeping was connected to example. I believe that through his tears and by his tears, Jesus was saying, it's okay to cry. In our culture, in our society, we have the mentality that weeping is a sign of weakness. And if somehow you can push back the tears, if you can hold back the tears, that you are being strong. But the Bible says Jesus wept. And through his tears, with his tears, by his tears, Jesus was saying, it's okay. You don't have to hold back the tears. It's okay to cry. Jesus was the greatest man that ever lived. He was a man's man. He walked like a man. He talked like a man. 
He said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Demons trembled at his presence. Yet the Bible says Jesus wept. It's okay to cry. You're not being weak when you cry. I want to ask you this morning, has there ever been a time in your life when you wanted to cry, but you didn't? You should have cried, but you managed, managed to push back the tears and you didn't. You needed to cry, but you didn't. Through his tears, as he wept, he was saying to you, he was saying to me, it's okay to cry. As a matter of fact, weeping is good for you. It's healthy. Did you know right now you have glands in your eyes that are producing tears? Every time you blink your eye, a thin layer of tears is spread across your eye. There is a small duck on the nasal side of your lower eyelid, and the tears drain down through that duck. When you are moved emotionally, the glands produce so many tears, they are not able to drain down that provided duck, and so they stream down your cheek. Weeping is a good thing. Did you know if it were not for tears, your eyes would become irritated? If it were not for tears, your eyes would get dirty. The tears keep your eyes clean. If it were not for tears, if you should cease to produce tears, tears, the cornea of your eye would dry up and it would be just a matter of time until you lost your vision. Tears are healthy. I believe perhaps that's why so many Christians are irritated. Their lives are dirty and spiritually they are blind. They have no vision. Somehow, somewhere along the way, we have lost our tears. Jesus wept. It's okay to cry. As a matter of fact, it's healthy to cry. God created us as emotional beings. Everybody is emotional. Our body also produces chemicals and minerals that cause and create feelings of sadness and darkness and gloom. And it has been proven scientifically and medically that these minerals, these chemicals which cause feelings of sadness and sorrow and gloom are released through our tears. That's why after you have had a good cry, you always feel better 
there's always a sense of relief. Jesus wept. He was saying, it's okay to cry. You don't have to hold back the tears. I believe, secondly, his tears were connected to empathy. As Jesus arrived on the scene, the Bible says that he saw the Jews and they were weeping. He saw Mary and Martha and they were weeping. The Bible said he groaned within his spirit and was troubled. And then in verse 45, the Bible says Jesus wept. It was connected to empathy. There are two words in the English language that are very close to each other. They're, they're cousins, but they're not the same. One word is the word sympathy. We often sympathize with people. We send out our sympathy. We express our sympathy. When you sympathize with someone, that means you hurt for them. But there's the word empathy which goes a step farther to empathize with someone means more than hurting for someone. It means that you hurt with someone. I'm sure many of you have had loved ones who have suffered. Some of you have watched a mother suffer, you've watched a dad suffer, you've watched a child suffer. As you stood by their bedside, all you could do was just pray for them and be there and love on them as best as you could. But I am sure that if you really love them, if you really care for them, when they hurt, you hurt. When they suffer, you suffer. The Bible says, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Our high priest is touched. That word Touched means that Jesus feels what we feel. When we suffer, he suffers. When we hurt, he hurts. I don't care what you're going through this morning. We have a sympathizing and empathizing Savior who can put his everlasting arms of love around you and he knows how you feel. He knows what you're going through. Back in 2006, this very week, my family experienced the greatest tragedy we've ever known. A little grandson, Sawyer, went to heaven in a drowning accident. 
My daughter was at her in-law's house. She had gone into the bathroom. She had left Sawyer to her sister-in-law to take care of. She went into the bathroom. She came out. She was looking for Sawyer and couldn't find him. While my daughter was in the bathroom, her sister-in-law got a call on her cell phone, and so she stepped out on the front porch to get a better reception. Melinda went running through the house looking for Sawyer, couldn't find him. She went out to the front porch, and there was her sister-in-law talking on the phone, and uh, Melinda asked her, where's Sawyer? And she said, he's in the living room. And Melinda said, no, he's not. I, I went to the living room. He's not there. And Melinda said she thought about the swimming pool in the backyard. She ran out of the back door, saw little Sawyer's body floating on the water. She jumped into the water, pulled him out. As she worked with him, they said you could have heard her screaming for several blocks. I was in the Taylorsville camp meeting just about to preach when the moderator came to me and said, Brother Edwards, you need to call home. There's been an emergency. And there was something about the tone of his voice. There was something about his demeanor. I knew it was serious. I got up, I walked to the car, I looked at my phone, and I had just received a voicemail. And so I listened to it, and it was the voice of Melinda, and this is what she said. Daddy, come quick! Sawyer's drowned, Daddy, I need you, come quick! I went back into the tabernacle. I told my wife, I said, we've got to go. She said, what is it? I said, I I'll tell you later, but we've got to go. We've got to go right now. My wife gathered her things. As we reached the outside of the tabernacle, she was already in tears. And she said, what is it? What's wrong? And I said, Sawyer. She said, what's wrong with Sawyer? I said, he's gone. My wife fell to the ground. She just collapsed. We had to pick her up, carry her to the car. Someone drove us to the hospital. They told me where Melinda was. And just as soon as I got off the elevator, I could hear her screaming all the way down the hallway. My baby, my baby. God, let me die. God, please, please let me die. I want to die. I want to die. I went to my daughter tried to console her, tried to comfort her, and there was so little I could say or so little I could do. My heart was breaking in two. The nurse came to me and said, we have tried to give your daughter something to calm her down, and she refuses to take anything. 
She said she didn't want to calm down. She didn't want to feel better. She wanted to die. And the nurse said her level of grief is so high, it's actually dangerous for her. I tried to talk to her. She refused to take anything. As family members and friends were gathering at the hospital, I noticed the nurse disappeared. In a few moments, she came back and she had another nurse with her. That nurse bowed down in front of my daughter, got down on her knees, took my daughter by the hand and began to rub her hand. And she said, I know you're hurting, but it's going to get better. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. And Melinda looked at her and said, no, I'm not going to make it. You don't understand. I've just lost my baby. I'm not going to make it. And that nurse said, oh, but I do understand. I know what you're going through. That nurse began to tell Melinda how that she had lost her baby, two years old, in the same way. And she began to describe every emotion that Melinda was feeling, every thought that was going through her mind. And she was able to reach out to Melinda and she helped my baby when I couldn't help her. Because she could empathize. I know how you feel. I've been where you are. I understand. The Bible says that Jesus saw the Jews weeping. He saw Mary and Martha as they wept. And the Bible said Jesus wept. Through his tears, he was saying to Mary and to Martha, I know how you feel. I feel your pain. I understand what you're going through. His tears were connected to empathy. Number three, his tears were connected to expression. If you read these verses, Jesus did not arrive until Lazarus had been four, dead four days. Martha came out to meet Jesus and cried, Lord, if thou hadst been here, a brother would not have died. Mary came out, fell at his feet, uttered the same words, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother would not have died. They were saying, Lord, you could have prevented this if you had only come when we called for you, if you had only been here when we needed you, you could have kept my brother from dying. You could have stopped it. Where were you when we needed you 
and they were blaming Jesus for their sorrow and their grief and their pain. John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. John eleven thirty six. 36, then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. They said, you know, he really does care. When they saw his tears. There is something about the language of tears. Behold how he loved him. Jesus wept. It was connected to expression. We had a man in our church burdened over his brother. His brother was in his 60s and had never, never, never attended church. He asked me if I would go with him to visit his brother. As we went to his house, he was telling me that a group from another church had visited his brother, and he asked them to leave. He said, if I want to hear preaching, I know where the church is at. They asked him if they could just pray with him, and he refused to let them pray. He was trying to prepare me for what we might find. But we visited his brother. I gave his brother the gospel. I shared with him the old, old story of Jesus and his love. I gave him an invitation to be saved, and he said no. And then I asked if I could just pray with him. Is it okay if, if I just have prayer with you? And he said if it'll make you feel better to pray, if you want to pray, go ahead. So I got down on my knees. I made an altar out of a footstool that was in the living room. And as I tried to pray, God broke my heart for this man. And I was just overwhelmed, overtaken with tears. I could not say a word. All I could do was weep. His brother began to weep, fell on the floor with his face buried in the carpet. Neither one of us could speak. All we could do was cry and weep. And as I wept, I felt his hand on the back of my hand. I looked up. And he was kneeling beside me with tears streaming down his cheeks. And he said, I'm ready now, but you'll have to help me. And he asked Jesus to come into his heart, was gloriously saved. It wasn't my witnessing. It wasn't my presentation of the gospel. The Bible says, He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed 
shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Tears say, I really care. Like nothing else can say. Some of you have children that are lost. You've got brothers and sisters that are lost. You've got a mom and dad or perhaps a husband or a wife that's unsaved. I want to ask you a question. How long has it been since you've shed a tear over somebody going to hell? How long has it been since you sat down with a broken heart and shared the gospel? Jesus wept. Would you pray with me, Father? Often we look at these two words as a child's verse. And we take them so lightly. But I pray this morning that you'll help us to see the depth of these two words. Jesus wept. God, give us hearts that know how to break. Give us eyes that know how to weep. Help us to be more like Jesus as he saw the multitudes and was moved with compassion. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.